the fantasy's finest fantasy football podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on? It's week five. And I know you're like, well, where you been at? You ain't been on here. You ain't been dropping these podcast episodes. Apologies. Had to pay some bills, take care of some personal business. But you know I can't stay away. It's fantasy season, baby. I got to get back in here. So, you know, I take care of some personal business, pay some bills. But we back. Week five is here. How are your fantasy teams going? For the most part, for me, they're doing pretty good. I have a couple of clunkers because of some injuries. Injuries. We talk about injuries every year. And it just feels like just when you think you can, you you drafted your team, they look great. You know, you're fawning over your team, making adjustments, moving players around, et cetera, et cetera. And then week one hits. And then the injury stick comes out and he just starts smacking everybody. In a couple of leagues, man, I lost Keenan Allen, Chris Godwin, Alvin Kamara, um, who else? Dak Prescott. I lost a bunch of players that I had a ton of shares in, and it's killing me. I got a couple of teams that's uh, 0 and 4, you know, 1 and 3. I hope the 1 and 3 teams are on the ups because I won last week. But it's just like, man, right out the gate? Like, we're not even getting to midseason, and the injuries is killing? It's it's ridiculous and in this episode man we got to talk about some of the major injuries that are going coming across the nfl right now heading into week five it's you (laughs) big name players just having issues right now catching injuries missing games going to miss games um it's it's crazy we also got to talk about uh, a few more other things, including the week five waiver targets. And I know you're like, well, Will, your episode is a little late. Well, that's true. But we can always talk about the waiver targets for this week, especially since even though waivers has already gone through, there's still players out there. And I've said this before. I, I probably say this like every season, but there's always still players out there that you can target that people may ha- may or may, may. Let me say that right. May or may not have picked up. So there's always options available. You got to know who to target just in case you're looking for a certain position or you need help. Or if you're dealing with quarterback injuries or bad play, looking at you, Matt Ryan, you're making me look bad out here. You're supposed to be one of my sleepers and you cutting up. He had a decent game last week, but come on, bro. <laughs> Get it right. But um, there's plenty of players out there that you can still target. They're still available, and for whatever reason, fantasy managers aren't picking certain guys up. So I'll get into that later on in the episode. Now, you know, we normally open up with a football topic, and, you know, because I'm a Cowboys fan, I normally try and keep it centered around there sometimes, but we got to talk about this quote-unquote quarterback controversy in Dallas, and I'm not going to be long-winded with this, but I'm just, I just got to say this. If you consider yourself to be a football aficionado, you know, you know football and you can, you know, decipher what players look like and how good they are by, you know, 
using statistics and looking at the games and see how they perform. Why are y'all letting this narrative drag like this? And it's I get that people like to troll and Cowboys fans are a bit easy when it comes to, you know, the quarterbacks and all this stuff. But it's like, come on, man, even the national guys are picking this up and Jerry laid the bait out for y'all and y'all y'all just jumped right on it. Cooper Cush, Cooper Rush comes in. He wins what? Two, two, three games. He beat uh, he beat the Bengals. He beat the, uh, the Commanders. He beat the Giants. Not knocking Cooper Rush because that's what you're that's what you want your backup quarterback to come in and do. You want him to come in, maintain status quo until the starting quarterback comes back. And you know because of how he's been able to get things done, now all of a sudden it's and. And Jerry, I blame you because you're still a media hoe. You still wanted to come out and drop a little tidbit to make the Cowboys still relevant when you could have just let them let the, the, the news cycles just be quiet for once. Not talk about the Cowboys every single day. Every single day. It's like there is always a segment about the Cowboys on ESPN, on NFL Network, even even in Philadelphia, even listening to the sports radio in Philadelphia, even they've started with the, oh, well, is there a quarterback controversy because Cooper Rush is winning games and Dak Prescott is hurt and he's a $40 million quarterback. Are y'all kidding me with this? There's no correlation on where Cooper Rush, and I know y'all know this, but y'all just like to troll. And y'all troll out loud. And I respect the troll game. I really do. But... It's starting to become a point where people are really buying into it. Or at least that's what they sound like. And it's like, come on, man. We've watched these games with Cooper Rush. We saw it last year with Minnesota. We saw it. We see it, we're seeing it right now. Cooper Rush is not. He's not that guy who's going to come in and replace a Dak Prescott. And then I've had people draw the correlations. Well, Dak Prescott came in and replaced uh, Tony Romo. Tony Romo was older and he was injury prone. But Dak Prescott missed games too. This is his second season where he's missing. Come on, bro. Are we really going to do this? Are we really going to make this? We're going to fall into Jerry's hands and play out this quarterback controversy. The only smart one that's come out and said anything. The to deaden the, the quarterback controversy stuff is Mike McCarthy. The guy everybody hates or loves to hate on came out and spoke against uh, Jerry Jones and said there's no quarterback controversy. When Dak Prescott is healthy, he's the starter. For everybody that's always said, oh, well, Jerry Jones just wanted another puppet. And Mike McCarthy is another puppet. Do puppets do that? <laughs> <laughs> Did, Mike, I'm just saying, let's let's stop with the quarterback controversy stuff. This isn't a Carson Wentz, Nick Foles type of situation. This isn't Cooper Rush coming in and taking over the job from Dak Prescott. Because even if you look at the stats, with Dak Prescott, you have one of the best offenses in the league just last season. With Cooper Rush, yes, he's winning games. But he's not winning games solely off his play. 
You're getting production from the running backs. You're getting uh, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott involved. The defense is playing out of its mind right now. No one wants to give. It seems like everybody wants to try and focus on this narrative with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott that the, the Cowboys defense is being undertalked. They're killing it right now. And it's not just Micah Parsons. The defense is getting after the quarterback. They're taking advantage of poor offensive lines and they're mauling quarterbacks. So let's dead that. Let's stop with the whole Cooper Rush is going to take Dak Prescott's job. If you really believe that, I'm going to need your football card, bro. I'm going to need you to turn that bad boy in because you obviously don't know what you're talking about. So please, let's stop the narrative. Let's stop talking about it. Because when Dak Prescott is healthy, he's going to come back and be the starter. Let's just, let's just, ah, it's just, it bugs me. It just bugs me because I'm like, I can't believe people are really, I hope people aren't really out here buying into this. And like I said before, Jerry, it's your fault. But let's get into the episode, man. (sighs) I just had to get that off my chest. I just had to get it off my chest and talk about it out loud. So I appreciate it. Y'all listening to the rant real quick, but we got to get into this episode. So before we jump in, you know what you got to do. Follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that at fantasies, finest doc at fantasies, finest. You can also follow us on your favorite. uh, See what happens when you don't you don't do this for a while. You forget what you're supposed to say. Follow us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Be sure to stop by thefantasiesfinest.com. Articles going up every week to get you ready for your fantasy games. And I want to plug TikTok again because we're posting videos of, you know, waiver wire ads and uh, stardoms and all that stuff. So be sure to check us out. Follow us on TikTok um, and YouTube too. Um, we're going to put some more content on those channels as well. So without further ado, you know, we got to start with the news. So let's get into this because we've got a lot to cover heading into week five. News. News and notes from around the NFL. All right. So with Thursday night football right around the corner, we got to get this out of the way. First, Colts running back Jonathan Taylor has been ruled out with an ankle injury. So get him out of your lineups. He will not be playing against Denver for Thursday night football. Uh, Taylor got his ankle rolled up in week four, and he was hopeful. Um, he was in, uh, you know, after the post game, hoping, you know, letting uh, the reporters know that he was hopeful to try and play for Thursday night. But be- probably because of the quick turnaround, he's not able to do that. Um, so Taylor's going to be out. They're gonna, the Colts are probably going to use a combination of Philip Lindsay and Naeem Hines to go up against Denver. So you have to look for that. Taylor is going to be out. There was also some concerns of Russell Wilson, who was dealing with a bit of a shoulder issue. It's reported as just being soreness. He's going to be ready to go for Thursday night football. So there's no worries there. Javante Williams. This really sucks because I felt like he was on the cusp of breaking out and taking over that, Denver Broncos backfield uh, because Melvin Gordon was just putting the ball on the ground a bit too much, but Williams tore his ACL and his LCL um, during week four's game. He's going to miss the rest of the season. 
So Melvin Gordon looks like he's going to be the new lead back for now with Mike Boone pitching in. Um, It's just a tough blow, man. I really like Javante Williams this year, but hopefully he'll be able to come back stronger next season. And Melvin Gordon could be on his way out. You know, this is uh, he only had a one year left on his contract, so he's going to be gone um, next season. Now, for the Wednesday injury report, there's a lot of did not practice for week five. So just stay tuned and bear with me because we're going to get through these names. All right. So Keenan Allen did not practice Wednesday. He's still dealing with a hamstring injury. And according to reports from Brandon Staley, the head coach for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, it's considered day to day, but he's missed four games. He went out week one and hasn't played since. Well, three games, but uh, he's going to be this is going to be an injury to watch to see if he's going to be available for week five. Um, Hopefully he's ready. But if not, Mike Williams and the rest of the pass catchers are going to get a bump uh, bump up uh, with Keenan Allen not in a lineup. Kyle Pitts, he did not practice Wednesday dealing with a hamstring injury as well. Jalen Waddle, he uh, is dealing with a groin injury, did not practice Wednesday. David Montgomery is still dealing with an ankle or and knee injury uh, that was listed last week that didn't allow him to play in week four. Um, Khalil Herbert would be the guy to own if David Montgomery can't go this week. Rashad Bateman, he's dealing with a, a midfoot injury. Harbaugh already said that he's hopeful that he can play against the Bengals in week five. If he can't go, Devin DuVernay would be the next man up to see targets behind Mark Andrews. And considering how the game went last week in week four against the Bills, what I, maybe it's just maybe it was just the weather and Mark Andrews was, you know, just that guy that week. But we got to see more out of Rashad Bateman. Um, he's he had a couple of decent games, but that one was just like, yo, they, he got like, what, three targets that game, three or four targets. That's not good enough especially when you're the number two at the wide receiver position. I mean, in terms of targeting uh, targets from Lamar Jackson. So got to get that, got to get that underway. Hopefully it was just an injury that was getting in his way. um, And we'll see better production from him moving forward into the season. Um, Who else is up here? Mike Thomas didn't practice on Wednesday. Didn't practice last week for week four either. Not a good start to the, to the week for week five. He's dealing with a toe injury. Uh, and per recent reports, it's been going back between the toe and the foot. So hopefully it's not something that's going to linger on to multiple games. But we're just going to have to wait and see. And sticking with the Saints, Jameis Winston still dealing with the back issue. He was listed as doubtful heading into week four's matchup. But maybe that was just a thing where he had a shot to play. But then they were like, nah, you know what? We're going to let Andy Dalton, you know, take care of things uh, for week four. So maybe James Winston could be back if he can practice this week. Isaiah McKenzie didn't practice. He's currently in the NFL concussion protocol. Um, He suffered a concussion in week four, um, and he did not practice on Wednesday as well. Amon Brown, mm, I didn't. (laughs) Amon Ross St. Brown who's dealing with an ankle issue and DeAndre Swift with his shoulder and ankle also did not practice Wednesday. Hopefully 
Um, Amon Ra will be able to come back this week for week five. Uh, Campbell had already said that he was worried about DeAndre Swift missing multiple games behind that shoulder issue. And it seems like it's starting off in that direction. Hopefully it changes as we get through those injury reports and practice reports uh, for the rest of the week. And then we had a couple of players, Dick, uh, that came back for a practice and then practice either practice on Wednesday or practice in full. Hunter Renfro had a concussion in week four. He was back at practice. Gabriel Davis. Bro, hopefully now Gabriel Davis picked up the ankle injury in week two. Apparently, he's been trying to play through it and his production has suffered because of it. He's gotten a, he's gotten uh, a handful of targets last week. Um, he had six targets, but he just wasn't getting it done. Um, hopefully that ankle injury was the culprit, but he was at practice, practiced in full. Hopefully it looks better this week and they get him more involved in the offense. Mac Jones. His ankle injury looked a little bad the way he came off the field, but he was back at practice. Reports have said he looked be- he looked good stepping into his throws, so he should be back. And for what it's worth, Daniel Jones returned to practice uh, too. Glad to see that he's not you know completely banged up, but you know it's Daniel Jones. I, I had high hopes for him this year. Dabo's kind of getting it done despite him. Um, he's using him more on the ground uh, this year. Getting him, getting those rushing attempts up for Daniel Jones, but we got to see more of him as a passer because he's, and, and you know, it's kind of, I don't know if it's unfair to say this about Daniel Jones, and I'm not going to be too long with this either, but who's he throwing to? Shepard is out, torn ACL, done for the season. Kenny Galladay, their high priced wide receiver, is a dud. He's throwing a Richie James. Wandell Robinson's hurt. The whole wide receiver core is either banged up or guys that don't normally get that kind of shine. It's kind of unfair to evaluate him, but at the same time, he's been in the Giants system for a few years now. It's a lot of things working against Daniel Jones. It, it, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stamp it. It's just kind of unfair for him right now, but. It is what it is with Daniel Jones. The Giants are still winning games. They're 3-1, and one, third in the division in the NFC East. So, it is what it is. But, that'll wrap it up for the news. Now, let's jump right into the waiver wire targets for week five. All right, so there were a few guys who on the waiver wire uh, heading into week five that you probably should have invested in a little bit. Um, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to go through every single person, but there were a few people that were on my radar heading into week five on the waiver wire. And the first one was Tyler Algier. And, you know, if you heard the injury reports, Cordell Patterson, he was on the he was placed on IR with a knee injury. Um, he's going to miss the next four games. I think, and I the reason I'll say this first. I like I've liked Tyler Algier um, prior to him, and you know coming out of the draft. 
I didn't think that they were going to use Cordell Patterson the way that they have. Um, they've given him uh, pretty much the, the entire workload for a few games. And then they had him split a couple of games. I guess that's when the knee injury started to rear his head, his ugly head. So I feel like coming into this week now, picking up Tyler Algier off of waivers, uh, he does have a bad matchup this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they're allowing the 12th fewest rushing yards uh, to opposing running backs. They are allowing 4.3 yards per attempt, but if you're only giving up the 12th fewest rushing yards, it's probably tough sledding. Um, and you still don't know what the workload is going to be split with between Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. If I could put my own two cents into it, I really believe that Algier will get the bigger portion of the workload and have uh, Caleb Huntley come in and, uh, you know, come in for relief or, you know, change of pace, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Algier is built for it. Now, why you are trying to invest in Algier if you can get him, if he still happens to be on waivers, what if he locks himself in as the, the new running back one? For the Atlanta Falcons. And the reason why I say this is because this is the second year in which uh, Cordell Patterson has been injured. And, you know, he kind of fell off post-injury. What if that happens again? But what if Algier solidifies himself, especially if he manages to run well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Can you really dispute Cordell Patterson coming back to a lead role? Or at worst, he comes in and they start splitting some kind of work uh, or however they do it, however they would do it. But my money's on Algier. He's younger. He's just as talented, given the opportunity. Um, He had 10 carries for 84 yards last week in week four. He can be efficient. He can catch out of the backfield. This could I, I won't go as far as to say it's the changing of the guard. Because we've already seen Arthur Smith be very weird with uh, certain how f- certain players are used, a la Kyle Pitts. Uh, but he won't have much choice but to use Kyle Pitts this week because everybody's banged up. But um, it's just, I hope that Algier gets a true opportunity to showcase his talent and eventually take over the Falcons' backfield. Um, another guy that you should be targeting. Now, this one's a little... This I'll, I'll be honest. I was on Mike Boone a little bit. You know, you figure Melvin Gordon was going to get the 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 uh, first crack at it, right? And then Mike Boone was going to have a secondary role. And I was thinking similar. It would be something similar to how Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon were during the first part of the season. Then Denver went and picked up Latavius Murray. Now, while your league mates may have grabbed up Mike Boone check to see if Latavius Murray is still available now you might be thinking well why would I go grab Latavius Murray you know Melvin Gordon is there Mike Boone is already there they're both active players they've already been on the team Latavius Murray is coming into a new situation true all of that's true but Latavius Murray came off the street off the practice squad for the New Orleans Saints and rushed for 57 yards and a touchdown in week four for the Saints. Uh, 
I wouldn't you wouldn't that garner more attention than Mike Boone in his what twenty yards, three carries, twenty yards or something something minuscule like that? Latavius Murray off the street put up fifty seven yards and a touchdown. That's crazy. I would, and he would probably fly under the radar a bit if your league mates aren't as savvy. You know, obviously Mike Boone would be the second man up behind Melvin Gordon. But what if Latavius Murray is actually the guy they want to get that secondary role and possibly the first role? Because let's be honest, Melvin Gordon has been putting the ball on the ground. I won't even say uncharacteristic because he's done that before in the past. But it's like all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, because that's like I said, he just he puts he's done it before. But it's been almost egregious the last few games. He's been he's the fumbling is ridiculous, even for him. So what if they're getting tired of Melvin Gordon putting the ball on the ground? Could you imagine if he puts the ball on the ground this week? Latavius Murray could potentially be an RB one for Denver because he that's not Murray's thing. He doesn't put the ball on the ground. So that's just if you have a spot on your bench to stash Latavius Murray and hopefully something turns of it, that would be the move. Another guy you should be looking at uh, to see if he's still on waivers is George Pickens. They finally made the move and they've switched from Mitchell Trubisky to Kenny Pickett. Pickett looks like he's going to be a more aggressive passer. Um, he, he he came in cold, so I'm not going to hold his game against him in week four, uh, coming in relief. But Pickett looks like he's willing to throw the ball downfield, which is a positive for all of the Steelers pass catchers. That's great. So hopefully George Pickens is part of that uh, beneficiary so that he can start getting some fancy value because he's too talented to not get the targets. And he's probably one of the more shorthanded wide receivers in that bunch. Cause the, Deont- uh, Deontay Johnson, um, has been known to, to drop the ball a few times, but George Pickens, if he's available on your waiver wire, you should be scooping him. Um, last time I checked, uh, did a video for, you know, waiver wire ads for week five on our TikTok and uh, YouTube. Uh, if it's not on YouTube, I'll probably post it up there, but it's already on TikTok. And I think he was around 33, about 34% roster. That means he's still out there. So if he's out there, uh, you should need to check your waiver wires and see if you can pick him up. Because if Pickett looks like he's going to be throwing the ball downfield and getting more aggressive, uh, at least a lot more than what Mitchell Trubisky has shown so far this season. The pick uh, Pickens is going to benefit from that. These other two guys who have been on waivers should have already been on fantasy rosters. And for the life of me, I don't understand why people don't take advantage of of the injured reserve spot. If your fantasy league has injury reserve uh, spots, if you have multiple injury reserve spots, 
you guys should be taking advantage of those positions. You should have your Gus Edwards, your Brian Robinsons, your Jameson Williams. Those guys should be stashed on your fantasy on your fantasy rosters in those spots. Take advantage. That's why they're there. Put those guys. Gus Edwards, uh, I checked today. Um, I checked, and he was about 1.9% rostered. He's a he's going to get it. You know they're going to run the ball between him and Dobbins. Brian Robinson was a little, he was substantially higher. He was, I think he was about 30%, somewhere in that area. But the fact that it's 30% and not, you know, 60 or higher, Gibson is more. I I feel like Gibson is going to be giving that job up. They want a they want a true running back to get those carries, to get those goal lines, and that can pass out of. They want to do it all. Gibson, ah oh man, I can't even. I like Gibson, but Washington is I guess turning the corner. And they're waiting for Brian Robinson to come back. And his story is now solidified. He survived uh, getting robbed, got shot. He's coming back bigger and better than ever. Didn't come back to camp in crutches. I mean, back to the team in crutches. He's coming back off of off an of injury reserve. They're going to put him to work. But you should already have him on your rosters. I couldn't believe it that he's still he was still under... Uh, 30% at the time. Gus Edwards, too. These guys should already be on your rosters. You have to take advantage of those injured reserve spots. Pick up those players, stash them on your bench, and then when they start to pop up, you have options. You can either put them in your lineups or maybe somebody's struggling at the running back position and you have a you have a spare running back to use to flip in a trade. Got to forward thinking, man, forward thinking. And I'm going to give you guys a quarterback. Now, I told people to pick up Jared Goff back in week three. And his numbers after being on the waiver wire, he was a hot name off of waiver wire coming into week three. He was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. The numbers didn't change that much. Now he's on waiver reports heading into week five. Oh, Jared Goff is crazy. You saw that game against Seattle? Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Jared Goff. I told you guys back in week three to pick him up. <laughs> week three, you could have already had Jared Goff. Now you got to fight for your league mates who are struggling with Jimmy Garoppolo or, Dan, God forbid, Daniel Jones. <laughs> you you fighting for Jared Goff. Who would have thought? Because I sure didn't. I definitely didn't. He had sleeper appeal. I'm not going to far up. I think I did a video on uh, him on TikTok too. I can't remember if it was a joke or not. So, but I I believe we have something on Jared Goff. He had sleepers. No, nah, it was a joke. It was a joke. I got it. I'll on my, um, post it on, on the fantasy finest, uh, Twitter account. So I can troll myself. Cause I definitely nailed that as the wrong take, <laughs> but Jared Goff, who would have thought that, Heading into week five, Jared Goff will be a top five or uh, top ten. Don't give me the line. Top ten fantasy quarterback. No, I don't think anybody could have called that. But here we are. 
And Jared Goff is one of the hottest waiver wire ads coming into week five. And he wasn't even the guy I was going to talk about. Geno Smith finished as a QB two for week four, 320 passing yards and three total touchdowns. Geno Smith. He's been a bona fide scrub for most of his career. And he's the QB two heading into week five. What in the world? It's crazy. This is this is what I like about fantasy because nothing is just straight linear. Changes always happen. There's always a player that pops off, and sometimes it's unexpected. And Geno Smith is that guy. We're talking about Geno Smith right now. Should you pick him up? Now, I'll say this. If you need a quarterback, you're desperate for a quarterback, Geno Smith might be that guy. Does he come crashing down to earth this this week because he takes on the New Orleans Saints? Maybe. But the way he looked against the Lions, the new and improved Lions, I think he can take Andy Dalton and the New Orleans Saints. Matter of fact, I'm going to go on record. That's going to be my pick for that game. Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith. They're going to take it to New Orleans. New Orleans doesn't have any wide receivers. Mike Thomas, we already we already talked about Mike Thomas not being able to practice Wednesday with that toe injury. Jarvis Landry is dealing with an ankle injury. Chris Olav is the only wide receiver they have that's healthy. And Andy Dalton is not an aggressive passer anymore. Not his old days, not his old Bengal days. He ain't been that since he left Cincinnati. Geno Smith, I'm locking it in. That's going to be my pick. So, Ace, if you hear this, that's going to be my pick. Don't copy me. (laughs) Don't copy me. That's mine. Seattle versus New Orleans. I'm taking Seattle. But those are just some names that you should be checking on your waiver wire to see if they're still available. And then there's more guys like Rashad White. Honorable mentions. Rashad White, uh, excuse me, White is uh, a popular name that's getting some buzz. He had uh, five catches for 50 yards uh, versus the Chiefs in week four. He chewed into some of Leonard Fournette's uh, work. It could be a, it could be looking like a split there in uh, Tampa Bay in that backfield. Because Leonard Fournette hasn't been really getting the job done despite all the carries that he's been getting. They might give the young boy some work. Isaiah Pacheco, same game. 11 carries for 53 yards. He's, I wish that Andy Reid would give him more work. I mean, it's not at the expense of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because let's be honest, that's I got that take wrong. Clyde is balling right now. Did not see that coming. He's balling right now. He had 93 yards on the ground versus Tampa Bay. But Isaiah Pacheco is making this case that he can be just as efficient. And we may be seeing the for, for the first time since Kareem Hunt in what 2017, the Chiefs could have a stable running back rushing attack. Granted, I would want Pacheco to take over. I, you know, I'm I'm a one running back kind of guy. I don't I don't like committees. Ain't been a fan of committees, but. They're both balling. If Pacheco can carve out a more substantial role earlier in the games, 
make it a true split. Man, that's going to be something. Corey Davis, the New uh, New York Jets wide receiver. Zach Wilson is back in. We don't know if Corey Davis is going to be Zach Wilson's guy or they're going to be spreading the ball around. You know, you got Garrett Wilson who shined with Joe Flacco. Elijah Moore is still there. We got to see how these targets shake up. But Corey Davis, he he got he got back involved in the game when Zach Wilson came in. He could be an option for fantasy managers that might need a wide receiver. There's just Moali Cox. That might be a stretch. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you because for whatever reason, they don't want to get the tight ends involved like they like they could. You know, was it two games before last week before uh, Cox went off? Pause. <laughs> they were getting like two and three carries apiece. Jelani, Jelani Woods, two, three targets. Excuse me, two, three targets. Cox was getting two or three targets. Then he, he, he jumps off the page with six for six, 85 yards and two touchdowns. Give us more of that. How I've been saying this for weeks. Mo Ali Cox needs to be involved in the passing game. He's not just a blocker. You paid him all that money and you got him sitting in there looking like David and Joku over the first three games of the season. Get the man involved in a passing game. Why would you pay a tight end new money to keep him in as an extra blocker? That's weirdo behavior. I, I'll never understand it. And then you wonder why Matt Ryan's struggling because he has two Two options that he's using, Pierce and Michael Pittman. Get another pass catcher out there. Come on, Frank Reich. But, you know, I don't know nothing. I'm just watching the games from my from my chair, from my couch. But, you know, more options, more fantasy options means more players that can put up fantasy points for fantasy managers. That's what I'm about. I'm for the people. Let's get it done. But that's it for the show. Thank you for listening, checking us out. Make sure to go by thefantasiesfinders.com and stay up on the latest information. Our articles are popping up all the time, every week. Every week, we're going to get you guys started and we're going to get you guys situated for each week. Waivers, starts and sits, Thursday night football. We should start doing articles for Monday night football too. But, you know. We'll we'll see we'll see what we can do, and you know you can follow us on all our social media platforms at Fantasies Finest, TikTok, YouTube. Those are the newest ones. Uh, we're putting more content up there uh, between injury reports, all them funny videos. I'm trying to be funny, but do funny videos and all stuff that's fantasy football related. So be sure to check us out there. And if you're on Apple and you're listening to us, uh, leave us some stars, some ratings. Let us know how we're doing on the show. What do you want to hear? Give us all of that stuff, man. Criticism, we're not above it. So let us know. All right. Well, that's it for the show. I'm going to wrap it up there. Y'all take it easy till the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, too, at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.